everyone, and welcome to MLS Assist, a podcast created to give insight into Major League Soccer's on-field action. I'm your host, Joe Lowry, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jordan Angeli. Jordan, how are you? I'm doing all right, Joe. It's almost, we almost made it through all the group stage games. We finished our first group tonight. So we had in group A, we, today we saw NYCFC's 1-0 win over Inter-Miami and Orlando City and the Philadelphia Union play to a 1-1 draw. That does bring us to the finalized standings for Group A. Orlando on top with 7, Philadelphia Union in 2nd place with 7 on goal difference, NYCFC ends the group with 3 points, and Inter-Miami with 0. Can you just say that again? Orlando City won the group? Orlando City won the group, playing some fun soccer, which we've talked a little bit about before, and we will do more of later in the show. But first, we need to start with the game that happened first in the morning. That's NYCFC's 1-0 win over Inter-Miami. Let's start with the goal, Jordan. Does that work for you? Yeah, let's do that. So to set the scene a little bit, it's NYCFC scoring in the 64th minute with an assist from Mitritza, playing the ball over the top to Dejori Shradi. I went back and watched this goal a number of times, not least because it was probably the most interesting thing to happen in this game. Yeah, and I feel like this is a goal that we've seen a couple times already this tournament, or at least the same pattern of movement. Maybe it's just because I'm, I'm looking out for it now because we've talked about it. But it's that outside-in run over and over and over again. We saw it from SKC against the Rapids. We saw it yesterday. We're seeing it again today. Tajuri Shradi makes that run. He's, he's starting on the right wing for NYCFC. And he's, he's watching the play and he's timing his run to, to start from a wide space and run inside between Miami's left back and left center back. Mm-hmm. So that as he's making that run into the gap between those two players, that gives Mitritza the time to look up time his pass perfectly, and then Mitritza plays him a lofted ball in over the top of those two players. Tajori Shradi brings it down cleanly with his left foot and finishes with his right foot, and it's 1-0 New York City. I think it was really good recognition, too, by New York City that Miami wasn't getting pressure on the ball, so Mitritza had the opportunity to play long, and they weren't dropping, right? So if there's no pressure on the ball and there's a threat to go in behind, you have to, as a backline, drop. And those two movements by Miami were not off, as as was a little bit more of their defending, right, or their togetherness as a team. And when it's off, it can be... Deadly. It can be, it can cost you goals. And here it did cost them not only a goal, but the game. That's a great point. This goal for NYCFC took advantage of a mistake, a defensive breakdown from Inter Miami. Uh-huh. And it also isn't, it wasn't some sort of team wide, beautiful possession goal, right? We've come to sort of expect that from New York City over the years, starting with Patrick Vieira and moving forward to now. This goal wasn't a, a team wide, pass and move sort of goal. It was instead an advertisement for why you want your wingers making direct runs in behind the back line against a high defensive line. You're absolutely right. And it's an advertisement for Tajiri Shradi, who I think if you listen to anybody talk about him and what he did, not only in the offseason, but who he's been in training is this is a guy that is a difference maker and maybe should be starting a little bit more consistently, and it's good for him to get in there and make a difference. That touch that he had, yeah, the ball by Matriza was, in, you know, had the right weight on it. It fell at the nice, a really nice place, but it was so delicious. Like, it just laid, his first touch laid itself right out in front of him. He didn't have to slow down at all so he could keep the defender on his back. It was really... All in all, just a really good goal by New York City and a team that had to adapt because they weren't scoring goals by playing beautiful soccer. Nope. They weren't scoring goals by keeping the, the ball. So if you don't show anything else, then you're not going to be a dimensional team. You'll just be one dimensional and 
it was getting stopped by every team because I think out of a lot of these teams that we've seen in MLS is back is people know kind of what to expect for New York City. So maybe they are adapting or maybe they're prepping for them um, a little bit easier. Soccer is about finding the space when you have the ball. Yeah. When uh-huh. that space is in front of the back line or when that space is between the lines, that's great. That's when we see a lot of the free-flowing, beautiful soccer that we I, I'm pretty sure everybody likes to watch, even if even if it's, you know, Jesse Marsh or Chris Armas playing that Red Bull style. Everybody likes to watch that style of soccer, but you've got to find the space. And if that space is behind the back line, that's fine. Yeah. Run into that space. That's what Tajiri Shradi did so well in this play. Find the space, link up with a teammate, even if that's a long ball over the top of the defense. It's still worthwhile because you got to find that area where there's no defenders. And NYCFC did that on this one. Speaking of someone that can find space really well. Hmm. I, I really like Rodolfo Pizarro. He is one of the most interesting players because we've seen him play in a couple different positions. And I want to say he was even playing in like a, a 10 spot today. Am I wrong in saying that? No, I think that's spot on. He was so good. He is so good under pressure with the ball. It is like it is glued to his foot, but there was no one from Miami to help him. I tweeted out earlier today. I mean, I agree with you. First of all, he was the outlet for into Miami so many yeah. times, and he didn't have another outlet further up the field that was open and that could find space in the midst of NYCFC's defenders. I tweeted out a clip of this, and if you haven't seen it, you're welcome to go look at it. It's Pizarro's ability to receive the ball with a man on his back. Over and over again in this game, I watched him, and I went back and watched more of these clips from this game at halftime and after the game, because that's what I do. But I saw (laughs) Pizarro receive the ball with either James Sands or Ring on his back, and so often it's him turning that player, either with a a little shoulder feint to one side and then shaking him going back the other way, Mm -hmm. or just a quick turn around that player while still being strong in possession. That's one of Rodolfo Pizarro's best attributes. Did I talk about that earlier in this tournament? I want to say I did talk about him with like back to goal or a man on him and just how good he was. And I think it's continued. Like it's just him playing in this 10 position when he had to be that link between the forward line and the midfield line or the defensive line showed that. And it's also a reason why I am calling for Lee Wynn to get more playing time (laughs) because I think Lee Wynn is that outlet pass that he needs. I think the understanding that I saw between those two in the first, it was Miami's first game. Gosh, we've watched so many games. I can't remember, but I believe it was Miami's first game. It was against Orlando City. Yep. Yes. When Wynn came in and those two, it's like they are reading a, a different book. And they're on the same page. And I want to see them play more together. And even maybe with Pizarro in this midfield role, because he was energetic. He was willing to battle. Oh, my gosh. He didn't even just hold the ball. Like, he battled to win balls back and get get possession back. But if he is that outlet pass, if he has Lee Wynn underneath him or following up to be the outlet player, then you have a not only a creator, but a distributor underneath him. And I think that's what Miami could really use. I've got sort of a theoretical picture of what that formation could look like in my head with Wynn and Pizarro in at the same time. Okay. So here's what I'm thinking. 
we keep, or Diego Alonso, rather, I'm not coaching this team, and we're not coaching this team, although that would be fun, Jordan. Inter, so Inter-Miami yeah, keeps keeps Victor Ulloa and Will Trapp as the double pivot that we've seen. Okay. They keep those guys, especially because I think Ulloa is important to defending a little bit and stepping high up in the press for Inter-Miami. And you mm-hmm. keep Trapp because if you have win in the lineup, otherwise, it's probably in that deep line number six role for Will Trapp. And that's not what we're looking to get here. We want those two players, the yeah. two attacking midfielders, to be combining. So what I'm I'm proposing is you put Lee Wynn outside on one of the wings and you tell him, hey, your one job is to cut inside in possession, let the fullback overlap you and combine with Rodolfo Pizarro. That gets those four okay. midfield players on the field at one time. And I think it might work. You know what? Honestly, if you're Miami right now, you might as well try it. But they're not going to get to try it anytime soon, Jordan. You know what? I, I was talking, thinking about this earlier today. It might be beneficial. You know, it's it's not beneficial, right? You want more games. But... They they need to train yep. and get together as a unit. They need to get they need to figure out who they are as a team and buy into that because it, I'm not saying that I'm actually not saying that I don't think they there's probably a couple spaces that I feel like they could um get better, but I think they have some good pieces of the puzzle. They just have to figure out how it all works together to be what Miami wants to be and I think that their identity is just not quite there yet. And LGP coming back or coming into the fold is going to be another puzzle as well, because it seems like yeah. Diego Alonso now is, is sort of settled on a back four, although that could change. And so then do you, how do you fit LGP and Figal together? There's there's a lot of questions here that I haven't figured yeah. out answers to, and I don't think Diego Alonso <laughs> has had time to figure out answers to, but we'll see. Right. All right. That is NYCFC's 1-0 win. We talked more about Miami there, but I, I think it's justified because... We might see more of NYCFC in this tournament. They have three points. Right. There's a chance they advance as one of those four wildcard spots. Now moving on to the Philadelphia Union's 1-1 draw with Orlando City. Jordan, Orlando City's fun. We've talked about it before, but it's true. They're fun to watch. They are fun to watch. And I believe, gosh, when was this? Back when we were talking about coaches coming into the league mm-hmm. or new coaches. You know, Oscar Perea is not a new coach. I know that, people. If you're listening to this and being like... Jordan, he's not new. I know that. He's been with Colorado. He's been with Dallas. I, I, He is a tried and true coach in MLS. But what I said during that podcast, I think when he came in, it was, I was like, I think the way he wants to play fits really well. And I, I remember talking about Huan mm-hmm. and him being a player that is such a good outside back if he has players around him who can keep possession so he can advance up the field. And I think that's what we're seeing. I thought he was everywhere. Juan was moving up and down that right sideline, occasionally even bending his runs into the box from a more narrow position as that almost the third man run to break in behind the Philadelphia Union's back line. Juan is good when when he's not being exposed defensively. Yeah, but I think that if you have a lot of the ball and you're keeping possession, yeah, then fine. that minimizes your times to get exposed defensively, right? I agree. I mean, I tweeted out a clip of a 10 pass, and I didn't count the goalkeeper pass in that clip, so I, I cut it off before then. But all told, it was 10 passes of purposeful possession that led to a Juan cross into the box that made Andre Blake come out and claim that low cross. It's it's good soccer. It didn't, it didn't yeah. lead to a goal in this first half. But the way Orlando City are moving the ball, almost, and I, I can't put my finger on it, but in the build-up to the goal that we'll talk about, they look confident in possession. Yeah. It's like these guys have played and they have a, a beautiful understanding of each other and they're just out there playing with the ball and playing soccer. And it's great. 
Um, I think it was in the 14th minute when that play was. I, I don't remember exactly. I have it written down, that same play, too, because I thought, and I loved that you tweeted it out, and I loved that we both liked it, because it went from the left centrally to the right into a cross, and it was a really good buildup, right? What I think about this Orlando City team is... We've talked about them, right? Why, why haven't they made the playoffs? And there's not a lot of, I mean, if you look at their team, how many players are different than it was last year? Maybe a couple? A handful, yeah. Yeah, but I think what Pereja does is he instills, you know, I was talking about Miami and not having like who they are and identity. And I think Orlando very much knows who they are. And I think Pereja brings in this identity of who they're going to be defensively. So then when they attack... They, there's freedom in it because they know if they lose the ball, it's okay because we know exactly how we're going to defend. Whereas I don't know if that was the case before. We've talked at Orlando City and we will do that again when we get to the goal, but it's the Union who scored first in this game. And who else? Who else but Ilsinho <laughs> gets the goal in the 68th minute for the Philadelphia Union? I almost want to say you couldn't write a script like that, but you can. And it's been written so many times and it's still just as valid. It is. What I liked about the goal... I mean, I don't know how he scored from that angle. It was really just such a good shot, the pace and placement of it. But what I like is, again, we see Aronson. Aronson is the catalyst to this goal, right? And he's working on the left side. He go, makes that run from inside to out into that half space on the out left, left-hand channel. And from there, he is, there's no cross, right? And Players are not open in the box to, for his, no, from what I can see of what he can see. So he just dribbles and he dribbles centrally. And when he dribbles centrally, it pulls players to him, which then opens up different outlets. It pulls and, four players, Jordan. Yeah. Four guys. It's, it's a, it's a great dribble. And I think that when you look at, what players do in their decision-making. Aronson's decision-making, when to cross and when to dribble in situations, um, sometimes he can get caught in the dribble, I think, a little too much. But here it was perfect. He needed to dribble out of that situation, and he needed to create some attention around him in order to free up the other side of the field. Aronson gets the ball, and he has those defenders come to him. He draws them in, then he plays it over to Bedoya. And Bodoya's positioning is another thing I want to touch on from this goal. Okay. Bodoya is positioned right across from Ja Motinho. That's Orlando City's left back. So those two guys are standing across from each other. Motinho has to come and pressure Bodoya because otherwise he'll be in space and likely have time and space to shoot. Because Motinho has to step to him, that leaves Elsinho open, no one around him on the right side of the box. Because Bodoya is pinning Motinho inside, he can simply play the ball out to Elsinho. Ilsinho gets it and finishes at a ridiculous angle. But it's Aronson drawing defenders on one side, Bedoya drawing a defender, but a pivotal defender on the other side to create space for the sub. There's so many little things, and that's what I love about scoring goals, right? We talked about it with the Matriza goal. Is It's the placement of the ball. It's the pace on the ball. It's the first touch and then the shot. For this, it's so many things as well, right? There's so many things that you have to recognize in order for a goal to work out, and it all has to be in unison. And this... Philadelphia Union, <laughs> unison, union. I see what you did there, <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> I tried. That's a pun uh, I would make was, on this it, show. Yeah, it was nice. It, w- it was really nice. And it, it's what we're used to seeing from this team who does have a lot of attacking creativity within, if you just talk about those three players themselves. So we dug deep into the Philadelphia Union's goal. Let's flip it over to Orlando City. They score less than two minutes later. After a Union clearance, Orlando City put together a string of quick, 
confident passes. Again, it's what I was talking about before. That leads to a nanny cross into Pereira for the header. Jordan, if you'll indulge me, I want to talk about Pereira, the goal scorer, less because of the actual shot or the actual header, but more because of all the work that he puts in before that moment. I loved him in this game. So yes, let's do it. Okay, perfect. So after Orlando recover the ball on the left side of the final third, Pereira helps suck in Philadelphia. He, he moves those defenders and draws them to himself by receiving the ball in a group of Philadelphia players and bouncing it quickly out towards the left side. He does this not one time, but two times, drawing defenders in and opening up space out wide. And the, and the second time, it's to Nani out on the left side of the box. So he's drawn in defenders inside, created space for his teammate on the left side. But then right after he plays that ball out wide, he doesn't just stop. He doesn't wait at the top of the box and say, okay, my work is done. No, he he starts making his run inside the box. And it's a curling, slow run at first, but then he accelerates and bends right in front of Mark McKenzie and gets on the ball. The timing is perfect, the movement is perfect, and it gets him in space to score that goal. And the placement was perfect as well. The ball was beautiful. Really good goal. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. One thing that you mentioned there that I saw a lot from Orlando against Philadelphia. It makes me think, okay, is this just um, something that worked for Orlando or is this a way to beat Philadelphia Union's midfield? Is a lot of one-two passes centrally. Hmm. So a lot of players getting, for the Philadelphia Union, getting one-twoed around, which means if you're Pereira, you're playing the ball into Akindeli, who's moved centrally, maybe to your right, and you're one-twoing around Bedoya, who is one of the midfielders there. I think the midfield for the Union press so hard against the ball and want to close the space so fast that they are susceptible to getting one-twoed. And I, I I feel like that's one of the reasons that Orlando did a good job of getting in behind that midfield line of attack is because they just one-twoed around and they use their pressure against them. I almost feel like teams that come in to play against the Philadelphia Union should have a really solid blueprint of how to play through them, right? Because we know what the Union bring to the table. And that's partially what I love about them and what makes them so good. Oftentimes, we haven't seen a lot of it in this tournament, even though they are going to advance. We haven't seen the best of Philadelphia. But their identity in that 4-4-2 diamond, there are weaknesses. You can drag one of the midfielders out of position. You can go and double up one of them and, and combine quickly through either the midfield or against the back line. If you watch film and analyze and find the weaknesses and create patterns of play and encourage your guys to combine... That could be a real problem consistently for the union going forward. Yeah, but they got out of this one. One to one. I thought there was going to be more goals in it. I did as well, but we'll have to wait for the knockout round to see more of Orlando City, Philadelphia, and maybe we'll get NYCFC sneaking in there. We'll have to wait and see. We will. We will have to wait and see. Jordan, thanks so much for chatting with me and analyzing these two games from Group A. We'll be back again tomorrow. Tomorrow.